Hey everyone, I want to welcome Andrea Davis to the podcast. Andrea is the creator of Better Screen Time. And the moment I saw Andrea, I thought we have got to bring her on the podcast. You guys have got to get to know her. She does incredible work with kids and technology. And so I'm so excited to welcome her to the show. So Andrea, thanks so much for coming on. I'm excited to be with you, Jenny. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you have such an amazing message and it is so needed. I don't know if there's another message that's more needed right now than what we can do about technology, not just with our kids, but with our family. And so I'm really excited for this conversation today. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good one. Okay. So Andrea, tell us your story. Tell us how you stepped into this space and um, what your experience has been. We want to hear all about it. Yeah, well, really, this started a long time ago when my oldest was probably two. She's 18 now, just by frame of reference here. When she was about two years old, my husband was working on his PhD at Purdue, and we had some good friends there. And my one friend, Rachel, she was an avid reader, like she read everything. And one day I just asked her, I said, Rachel, what did your parents do to instill this love of reading in you. And she said, well, we didn't have a TV growing up. And I was like, really? And I kind of just was curious. And so I went home, I told my husband, Tyler, I said, what would you think if we just put the TV in the closet? We don't get rid of it, but we just use it like an appliance and we'll just pull it out for like family movie night and the Olympics and that kind of thing. Well, my husband's not really that into sports and he's like a super practical person. And so he was like, sure, totally. (laughs) Sounds great. I know that that wouldn't go in like every household, but we decided to do that. So they'd want to be watching the sports. I (laughs) see where you're going with that. Okay, gotcha. So I, I, and I, so just let people know, like, yeah, I, I realize this wouldn't work, but you know, here we are like what, 16 years later, and we have always done this. Like we've never had a TV just sitting out. And um, anyway, I, I really, you know, my main goal was just that I wanted my kids to love reading. And so I didn't want them to spend a lot of time on screens. And, you know, we had a desktop computer sitting out and we would go get uh, DVDs from the library. And so it's not like my kids never watched anything, but I just tried really hard to keep screens at a minimum. Well, fast forward like years later, and our oldest was in middle school and our family moved from Illinois to Oregon, where we now live. And it was just a crazy chaotic time for our family. Um, My oldest, you know, she was in middle school and she's like a super responsible kid. She's the kind of kid that cleans her room without being asked. And so we thought, okay, we love those kind of kids, by the way. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Anyway, okay, go on. Yeah, totally. (laughs) And we thought she's responsible. It'd be really great if we could give her a phone so she can get in touch with us. If she doesn't know where to get off the bus, you know, we're in this new place where we don't know anyone. And a lot of her peers were starting to get devices. So she's leaving these friends behind, which is not a fun thing to do in middle school, coming to this new place. And so we just had this abandoned smartphone that we handed over to her. Well, fast forward a few months later, and we could see that it was too much too soon. We hadn't prepared her. We hadn't prepared ourselves. I remember one day she came home from school and she was eating her after school snack, her bowl of cereal, and she's spooning it with one hand. And then with the other hand, she's doing this, like, 
scrolling and I'm trying to have a conversation with her and she's not looking at me, making eye, eye contact, not really talking. And I just had one of those moments where I was like, wait, where did my kid go? I'm like, where did these conversations of how was your day? What, you know, what happened? And, you know, and even further along beyond that, all of a sudden there were lots of apps on the phone and, you know, things that I didn't know anything about. And I just had this, you know, overwhelming impression that we need to take a step back. And so I talked to Tyler, we decided to hit the reset button. We went back to a brick phone. That's all that was really available at the time. All those great kids safe phones that we have now weren't available. And Apple didn't even have screen time at that point. So there really weren't a lot of options. And so it was it was painful. You know, it was a tearful experience going back to the brick phone. But you know, I never regretted that. And then it was at that moment when I really just felt the parents needed more guidance and help in making these decisions. And as someone who had done it wrong and also kind of done a lot of things right, I felt like I could bring that experience to parents. And also my background is in secondary education. So I spent a lot of time learning about child development and, you know, working especially with adolescents and teenagers. And so I just felt like, okay, I need to do something to help parents. And that's when Better Screen Time was born. I love that. I love how well positioned you were to offer these solutions because when you've traveled that road and you've felt that pain, and then additionally with your other teaching experience, that's such a great gift for you to give the world. And so, um, so how, what were the results from this? What have you seen for yourself? What have you seen for other people? Like fast forward to now, tell us about it. Yeah. Well, it's amazing. I mean, I think of the changes that we made and how they were pretty painful. You know, we sat down with the family not long after that and started just having conversations about technology. And we started with making this thumbs up and this thumbs down list. So we said, okay, thumbs up, guys. What are the things that you love about tech? And we had a big poster board out, you know, big post-it note. And we made this long list of all the things we loved about technology. And then we said, okay, thumbs down, guys. What do we need to watch out for? And again, long lists. And like our kids knew. And I, I recommend to, you know, any parents listening that they go through this exercise with their kids. Super powerful for a couple of reasons. One, you're not really even making any decisions or rules or boundaries at this point you're just giving your kids opportunity to have a voice and you are also gaining an understanding of what they know and what they don't know. So if certain topics don't come up like pornography or online predators or cyberbullying, then you'll know, hey, those are some things that we probably really need to talk about in our home because you know those conversations, those topics aren't coming up. And then also it teaches your kids about the skill, the skill of discernment. And discernment is the ability to be able to see the difference between, you know, right and wrong, good and bad. And that is a skill that our kids really need in the digital world because, you know, we can put all the parental controls and filters in place that we want. But at some point, our kids will be in a situation or an environment or, you know, they'll leave home and all of those protections that we put into place won't be there. Mm. 
And so they have to be able to distinguish, okay, this is a good use of technology. This is a, a poor use, and this is how it's going to affect me. And, um, you know, we, so that's kind of where we started. And then we moved into creating this family tech plan. And we, we talked about where will we use screens? What will we do on them? You know, when is it okay to use them and for how long? And we went through each of those questions and, you know, we have a quick guide on our website on betterscreentime.com where parents can, can get basically that outline for that conversation so they can go through these steps with their family too to create this family tech plan. But, you know, one of the first things I told the kids is that, you know, I said, I've, I've read a lot and I really feel like we need to make sure we're not taking screens into the bedrooms and the bathrooms. And that's for a couple of reasons. One, it like protects our time. So, you know, we're not wasting time, but it really protects almost like our soul. Because quite often when people, you know, adults and teens and kids alike get into trouble on a screen, quite often it's in isolation, right? Right. So we had that conversation. And one of the first things the kids said was, but mom, you take your screen into the bedroom. And I was like, oh, you're right. And so it was at that moment when I committed to my kids, okay, I'm not taking my phone or my laptop into the bedroom anymore. I will leave them out. And so that was over five years ago. And I have stuck with that. And it really started with, you know, just my commitment to wanting to model better tech habits for my kids, because I didn't want them to do that. But then, you know, you asked about benefits, like here I am five years later. And I think I love that I can have a conversation with Tyler at night and I'm not feeling this tug between talking to him and, and my screen, my device, right. Or like scrolling Instagram and it also protects my sleep and my rest. And then I have this place that's a sanctuary, a place where I can connect you know, with myself, I can connect with my spouse, I can connect with a higher power. And I don't have these other distractions and um, things getting in the way of that. So there are real, real benefits for sure. Well, I, I love everything you said was just so rich. And I want to highlight so much of it. But I think one of the things I wanted to mention is the way that you are practicing what you preach, which I think is so difficult as parents, we try to put ourselves above maybe what the kids are knowing we won't get into trouble. You know, we've got functions and responsibilities related to our devices. So we need to have it in our bedrooms. And so uh, very brave of you to be willing to do this and model this to your kids. And you know what, that really aligns really well with what we do on the podcast, you know, in the Life Organized podcast, so much of what we talk about is you need to learn these skills for yourself because everyone wants to know, well, how do I help my kids get organized? How do I teach my family how to not, you know, leave their clutter lying around? But it always starts with your own habits. And so the fact that this is the model that you've created in Better Scream Time. It's just really resonates well with me and I think our listeners. I think that's important and hard to do. So kudos yes. to you. <laughs> yes. No. Yeah. I love that. And you're exactly right. Yeah. It takes effort. Yeah, it sure does. And so the kids are doing great. They have accepted the rules. You talked about how painful it is to introduce this and to make those changes. I know I'm kind of cringing thinking about implementing some of these changes myself. I'm sure listeners are, but um, this is a big deal. This isn't easy to just kind of overnight change things. And I guess that thumbs up, thumbs down conversation helps facilitate at least some awareness on the kids part that look, there's some good, there's some bad, maybe there's some action that needs to be taken. Yeah, exactly. And I think 
you know, it's easy to get overwhelmed, but if we can just take it one step at a time, like what's one thing that we can do? Maybe we just keep the devices off away at, at dinner time, you know, from the dinner table. That's one small action that we can take. So rather than, you know, getting overwhelmed, all the changes we need to make, we can just pick one thing. And I think, again, that's the beauty of the family tech plan is um, you're coming at it with this group and team approach. And so no one feels singled out or that you are pointing fingers at anyone, like how they're using their device. But hey, let's all try to make these changes together. It feels a little bit more doable, I think. I think so too. I think so too. That uh, We've got this mantra at the Happy Gal, um, small plus specific equals success. And so you're just mm. narrowing in on this one change that you want to make. And that's what's doable and realistic. And so this family tech plan sounds great. We'll make sure we include links to the show notes. And at the end, let's make sure we talk about the resources we want to uh, make everyone aware of so that they know where to go for that, because that sounds right in line with, with the way we'd want to handle it. So all right. So one of the reasons I wanted to have this conversation right now at this time of year, at the time that we're recording this, it's May. Everyone's talking about the kids getting out of school. And this new problem we have now that our parents didn't have is what are we going to do with the kids all summer to keep them off their devices? It's just when they're out of school, all of a sudden, you know, you get busy doing something. And next thing you know, that device is in their hands or they're on the Xbox or whatever it is that they like to do. So, Andrea. What are we going to do? <laughs> what yes. are we going to do all so, summer long? I think that creating that plan is going to help everyone so much because, again, you're getting buy-in from your kids and then you're being proactive rather than reactive. And quite often that's when like the screens start to take over is when we're just in this constant state of reacting yeah. to either how it's being used or, you know, when it's being used. But if you kind of really clearly outline, like, when is it okay? And how long is okay? And what's okay? Then nobody's like wondering, because part of the problem is, isn't just like, that we have bad kids, you know, that just want to be on screens all the time. It's just the screens, the pull of the screen, the screen is so strong, right? And so we are trying to help our kids because number one, we have to remember that their brains are not fully developed. And in fact, the prefrontal cortex, the part of the brain that's responsible for decision-making isn't fully formed until we're in our mid twenties. And so you've got this brain still under construction. And then on the other side, you have something called persuasive design. And that is the technology that's being used to keep us hooked, basically. So a lot of the apps that we're using, um, you know, video games, it's all designed to keep us hooked and connected. And so you've got this, un, you know, under, undeveloped brain combined with persuasive design. It's like this perfect storm. So I think even just having a conversation with our kids ahead of time before summer starts and saying, you know, it's not that you're bad or that screens are bad. It's just this is really powerful technology. And so we have to decide how we're going to use it. So we're in control and it's not in control of us. So, you know, having that conversation could even, there's a great TED talk by Adam Alter. It's called Why Screens Make Us Less Happy. It's not very long. It's maybe like seven or nine minutes long. All my kids, I think most all of my kids have seen that, but 
even like sitting down and just watching that and asking your kids, like, what are your thoughts about that? Like about how we use our screens and how we use our time. That's like a good way, I think, to kick it off. And then, you know, do your thumbs up, thumbs down list, create your family tech plan. And then I think it's also really important to understand that, yes, our kids have more time in the summer, but that doesn't need to equal more screen time. It just, it again, I think we just have to be more proactive and more thoughtful than our parents did because there's this constant distraction. But it doesn't need to mean that our kids get more screen time. I think instead, like one thing that we always do is we sit down with our kids and help them create, make some goals for the summer, some individual goals. And that kind of takes the conversation away less from talking about how much screen time we have and more on like, here's what our goals are for the summer if we want to accomplish these goals or even just activities, we want to do these fun things, then we can't really spend hours and hours on a screen or, you know, we won't, the summer will be done. We'll be like, what did I remember? Oh, that I sat and played video games for four hours or, you know, whatever it is in your home. It's, it's different for everyone. It might be YouTube, but, um, you know, just telling your kids, like, what do you want to remember at the end of the summer? Like when you look back, that you learned how to ride a bike or that you learned a new swim stroke or that you put together a model airplane or you got together with your friends and did basketball every Tuesday night. You know, I think it's just like really hone in on your kids um, like interests and their passions and, you know, goal setting can look different for different people. I'm one of those people that love goals. I know not everyone does. So it doesn't need to be like this really formal thing. But I think just even making a list with your kids of what do they want to do over the summer. And then I also like to talk to my kids about, you know, the process that their brain is going through at this age. It's going through this pruning process, especially as they go into adolescence. So the brain actually is deciding what it's going to hang on to and what it's going to let go of. And it's fascinating as you see and you meet people as adults. And sometimes they're like, they'll pick up a guitar and sing a song and like play the guitar. And you'll be like, I never knew that you knew how to play the guitar or did this. And like, oh, yeah, I haven't, you know, I played all the time as a teenager. I haven't picked it up for like 10 years. But there's like still that muscle memory and of like the skill that they built at this beautiful time. And so I remind my teenagers of that all the time. I'm like, you have this gift of time right now that you will never have again. You will jump into life where you will have to have a job and a lot of responsibilities, possibly a family. And that's all great and wonderful. But this season of life is for you to explore your interests and passions. And there are things that you will learn that you will be able to return to down the road to decompress, to de-stress that you learned at this time. And so I think, again, like if we shift the conversation less about like we're limiting screen time and we shift it toward like this big vision, we cast this big vision of like, what are you going to do with your time this summer? And then also like responsibilities, like I'm really big on you know, giving, letting our kids have a childhood, but also just like giving them some responsibilities. And I think those 
responsibilities can grow as our kids grow. And especially teenagers, I think one of the best ways for them to limit their screen time is to have a responsibility, whether that is a real like job or those are responsibilities in the home. Maybe you are paying them, maybe you're not, you know, whatever is works for your family, but they need to have a plan. <laughs> yeah. And then I think like when it comes to just like the screens themselves in your tech plan, you know, include like they need to ask for permission before they get on them. Um, with your younger kids, you definitely should be using like passwords and passcodes so that they can't just get on when they want. And I think, you know, as your kids get older, they then earn that right as they earn tr that trust, they earn the right to have a passcode to the desktop computer or, or whatever it is. And, um, and then we talk to our kids a lot about the three C's. So it's like creating, connecting and consuming. So not all screen time is equal and how we use a screen matters. So you can talk to your kids, like even make a list, like what are some ways that we create on a screen? Okay, maybe we write a story or we make a movie together or we're writing music. I mean, there's so many different ways to create. And how do we connect on a screen? Maybe we are FaceTiming grandma and grandpa or our friend that moved away. And then um, consuming, like what are ways that we consume on a screen? And that really is that bucket, that part of screen time that we do have to have time limits. And so just even asking your kids, like, what do you think's fair? Like if you are just watching YouTube, um, you know, if that's, again, we're going to do that in an open area. What, what are your boundaries for that? But like, also what is just the time limit? Like how long is okay to just sit and consume. Right. <laughs> and I think that helps if you just are asking your kids, getting their input, right? Yeah. Okay. So just so you know, I'm including all this in the show notes, you guys. So don't worry about writing this all down <laughs> as Andrea is talking. I love the three C's. Definitely going to include that, that TED Talk um, by Adam. Let's see, what Alter. was his name? Adam Alter. We'll include that link. And I mean, amen, sister, we are just singing the same tune because I've actually got something I'm offering right now called Organize Your Summer. And it's this whole plan of how can we create and, you know, be proactive in using this time. It's given to our kids right now. Um, let's use it strategically to what is on their bucket list. What do they want to do this summer? What goals do they want to set? And what responsibilities do they want to have? I even have kind of this age-appropriate worksheet of skills you can teach them called the plan. And so anyway, everything you were just saying, I think is just so aligned. And um, I just love the idea that what we're talking about today fits in so well with what we're trying to do in this community. And that is to just live an organized, proactive life and model that to our kids. And what a great opportunity this summer is to do that. So I love great. That. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great. So, okay. All right. So Outside of this summer, just in general, I'm thinking of a couple of questions. I'm thinking of um, what you do specifically about teens who connect with their friends all the time through social media. Like I know Snapchat is a huge thing. That's how all the kids talk is through Snapchat. How do you start to make some of these changes when there are just really severe implications on the way they're going to be able to connect with their friends or the way that all of their friends connect um, 
if you don't feel good about allowing them to have that, that, or, you know, is, are there, is there some, um, compromise that you can strike with this or how do you coach people to handle that piece with teenagers when it just is really impacting the way that they socialize? Yeah, I would just say that it is challenging and it's hard. (laughs) And I don't think that there's any way around this not being challenging. Um, So my oldest is a senior. She doesn't have Snapchat. And I, what I've found is that the people that are kind of your true friends will connect with you no matter where you are. And it can be a challenge to find those friends. Um, But one thing like, so years ago, when my daughter, the same daughter was a freshman, and I wasn't allowing some of these social media apps, we compromised on Marco Polo. That seemed like a good compromise. So it's still was an app that we could put on the phone. She could video chat back and forth with her friends and she kind of had to get them all on board to using it, but it, they did. And I liked that because it's not just like a nor it's not like a social media platform where they're just connecting can connect with random people. They have to be people in their contact list. And so to me, that was a more positive use of technology because yes, they're still on the phone and they're, you know, videoing, sending messages back and forth, but it is connecting for sure with people that you know, you're not worrying about, you know, online groomers or predators. And then um, they can still stay connected through technology, you know, that and texting and even a phone call once in a while, you know, <laughs> that's archaic, so she, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like they had, she has AirPods, you know, so every once in a while they will even, and she, and then she did have like FaceTime. Um, once she graduated to an iPhone, she had FaceTime on there. So I just felt like it's more worth it to connect with a few people who are your true friends and to connect with a lot of people in a place where there's other dangers. And so again, I mean, I think every family and parent has to make the decision that's best for them. I know that there is pushback and that that can be challenging, but we really want to make sure that our kids are and our teens, especially that they're ready for social media. Um, We do have a basically self-evaluation called, am I ready for social media? And one section of it is for the the teenager and the other section is for the parent. So it kind of helps you both go through and be like, okay, have we talked about online predators? Have we talked about sexting? Have we talked about nudes? Have we talked about these things? And I think it's a good wake up call for parents to be like, okay, wow. Yeah, no, I really haven't prepared my teenager. And so if that is the message you're getting, when you fill out the self-evaluation, then you're going to realize and understand that no we're not ready for social media yet however however if you have like an older teen and you go through that and you feel like okay they're emotionally mature they're responsible we've gone through all these things we're going to test it out then I think um, what we had done is started with putting the social media platform on my phone first so they could use it on my device And that way I could kind of monitor it. And there was definitely a time limit because I needed my device too for the things that I'm doing as a mom and for my business. 
So that is like a good way to kind of baby step into it and see how it goes and like, how do they use it? And are they kind or people kind to them? Are they using it in line with their values and with your family's values? And um, so that's a good place to start. And then, you know, gradually with your older teens, then you're kind of stepping into maybe adding some social media on their phone. But I think time limits are really important, even at that. So let's say you allow Snapchat because they do have this group of friends and they're all there and you feel like, okay, I think I can allow it. Then you really need to be monitoring what's going on there and also give them a time limit. And I just have found that when our teenagers, well, any of us, when we have time limits, then we use our time more wisely and they're less likely to get into trouble because... Mm They're not just like looking into the nooks and crannies of the internet. Um, Instead, they're using it with purpose. And that's our goal, right? Yeah, I love that. Um, All right. So I'm thinking of all of the different uh, things that have we've talked about today. And I would like, I bet listeners would like to just know like, okay, first step, second step, what do we want to do? So I know you had... Uh, something you wanted to offer our audience at a discount. I don't know if this is a good time to bring that in, but I like to just kind of distill the conversation down to, okay, what should I do first? And then what? And so if you want to kind of step us through that, that would be really great. Totally. So if people listening want to just kind of, they want something right now, they can use today, I would go in and download the free quick guide to creating a family tech plan it walks you through those first two discussions, which are the thumbs up and the thumbs down list and then the creating a family tech plan. So like you could download that today. It's free, can get started. If you're like, no, I want all the help about all the topics and I want some support and accountability too, then you can jump into our course, Creating a Tech Healthy Family. Uh, That is best if you've got kids ages like five to 13 I know like, you know, for me, I've got like a lot of ages. If I were jumping into this, that is where I would start just because you're getting that foundation with your whole family, even if you've got older, like teenagers and adult children. So um, yes, we're happy to offer 20% off that course. And I think we decided our coupon is happy 20. So you can use the that code to get 20% off. And then if you are more like, I just need help with my teenagers right now. Then we have a course called Untangling Teens in Tech. And that really is for like that preteen age. So I would say even like starting around age 12 to age 17, then we are helping you work with your teen to come up with a family tech plan, to build them up, to like the goal really is to help your teen gain a sense of self stronger than any screen. Again, we're trying to help them build that internal filter that they'll take with them wherever they go when they leave home. And so um, again, we'll do a 20% off discount off of that with Happy 20. And I think between those three resources, you should be able to find and get the help that you need to really create a tech healthy family. That That's my goal. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. That sounds like plenty to work on. And what perfect timing with the summer here, actually, because we have less time that we're running carpools and doing homework and that rigorous schedule so we can make some space for that. So I love the timing on that. 
Totally. And both of the courses have a private podcast. So it's this, all the curriculum, if you are just wanting to listen, like you have a family road trip or you have something where you're going to be out exercising or doing the laundry, you can pop in your, yeah, AirPods and, and listen. So that makes it a little easier. For sure. Those private podcast feeds are game changers. I think they just make it so totally. convenient. So I love that. Well, okay. Uh, as the expert, I think we've covered a lot of really great stuff, but as the expert, is there just one little nugget you want to leave us with? Just kind of one last thing that you think would help listeners? Yes. So I think it's really important to remember that the first step in creating a tech healthy family really is promoting connection. So if you have kids or teenagers or a spouse or partner, anyone that you feel like is just using a screen way more than you would love them to, the first step really is just to connect with them one-on-one. So whether that's a date, yes, like a date with your kids, we've always done one-on-one dates with our kids, or that's just like running errands together or doing some meal prep together or you're just finally doing that thing that your kid's been begging you to do for, you know, months and you just haven't made time for, like, go do that. That really is the first step in creating a tech healthy family, because if that relationship and that connection is not in place, we really can't make progress in making changes, right, in our behavior and in our habits, So um, that connection is most important. And it's also most important because if something does go wrong on a screen or a device, your child or teen sees something that, um, you know, doesn't feel right or sit right with them or someone contacts them or, you know, any number of things, then they'll know like you, that you love them and you're there for them and you are, you're the person to come talk to. And that's, that's the main the main goal there. Really, my goal is to help parents worry less about tech and connect more with their kids. So that connection is key. Yeah. And I think that's so important right now because the mental health crisis with our youth is just so alarming. And on some level, most kids are struggling with some part of that. And I think you're right. I think it really does start with that connection to their parents. So that's really great advice. I love the way, I just have to say, I love the way this, what we're talking about today complements this whole Organize Your Summer mini course that I'm offering because what I see here is you're saying, let's have some healthy boundaries around technology. Let's have a plan. And with that empty space, let's fill it intentionally. And that's kind of what this mini course is doing is helping you know how to fill that intentionally. So it's a really great pair and I'm just thrilled that we've had this conversation today. I think this is really helping families and women and moms as they're heading into this summer know what to do with this time. So I really appreciate your time, Andrea. This has been really great today. I've loved it. My pleasure. <laughs> we'll have to keep in touch. I know this is a topic that we can touch up on regularly yes. and, and um, <laughs> you know, kind of brush up our skills. But thanks again for joining us today. Thank you, Jenny. Okay, so what did you think? Wasn't Andrea just amazing? I don't know about you, but I am ready to get started with that free quick guide to a family tech plan. And it's gonna give such great context to the conversation our family is having about how to organize our summer, how to help the kids use their time wisely to be productive and have fun and create really good connection and memories this summer. So I love that we were able to talk about all of that today. And I hope that you heard at least one thing 
that you can do to help your kids with their screens this summer. I just want to thank you for joining me. And remember, when you feel overwhelmed or frustrated or dissatisfied with life, the Life Organized Podcast is here to help you organize your life so you can make space for what matters most. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you.